Coming up this week, off screen. Ant-Man teams up with the Wasp. The Teen Titans go to the movies. Nick Offerman's heart beats loud. Gemma Arston dreams of an escape. There's a Sicilian ghost story. We claim on our Damascus cover. And there's an apparition to deal with. All those to come and more, off screen. This is... This is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, I'm going to Offscreen, I'm Vanka. And I am Case Allen. Welcome back, Mr. Allen. Hi. So, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm hot, I'm sweaty, I'm so tired. We're, we're back in my office, which is hotter than hell. It really is, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, that's because the uh, the wives and girlfriends party is uh, is in the uh, in our usual space, in our new usual space. Yeah. And uh, we have wags, I never thought that. We have wags. <laughs> wags. We were going to try to get them on podcast, but they don't like spending that much time with us. So. No, no, no. Apparently, yeah. and apparently it's just mean if you listen to it back, um, which I can believe. So um, we've got some great movies this week to talk about. I've seen one of them. You've seen one of them. Um, there is one of them that you haven't seen that I swear to God, if they had just retitled it, we made this movie for Case. I know what film it is. You well. know what film it is. Of course as well. I do. They have literally crafted the world's first exclusively targeted at Case movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you get indie yeah. movies, you get Mumblecore, and then you get. Case movies. Case movies. Yeah. yeah. So, a, a specific case, as you were. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, before we start, then, Mr. Arn, do you want to give me some? film news to kick off this week's festivities. What have we got, sir? Uh, there is a lot of news. There's a lot. There's a lot, so I'm trying to think of something that could be big enough to begin with, but let's let's just recap with the whole James Gunn thing. Re- recap it? Yeah, because what okay. has happened... Um, obviously, we know that James Gunn was, was let go. For old tweets. For old tweets, yeah. because... Apparently, things that you've said ten years ago really matter. Apparently so. Apparently yeah. so. Yes. Um, yes. What, 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 what you've said, not actions. Yeah, yeah. The, the jokes yeah. you made a decade ago. Yeah. That that is it. So he um, was sacked, and now there is there's movement on it. So. And there's movement. Yeah, mm. exactly. And um, what's happened since then? Well, in the ten days since then, um, the Guardians cast have released a joint statement, and this is pretty. I it's saw, huge. and it's it's yeah. a big deal. It's because it, it's, it's, it's not a it's short a message. It's, it's really no. It's 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 big. It's thoughtful. It's to the point. Yes, it, it doesn't defend what he's done, but yeah, yeah, it's really cleverly worded as well. <laughs> Very yeah, like they but, uh, they definitely took ten days to write this. Oh, well, clearly, him. quite clearly, yes. And um, it, it basically calls for him to be reinstated. Hmm, yes, yeah. which they don't specifically say. No, but they don't. Why, they don't specifically say it. That's why it's like, clever. Yeah, they're, yeah. Not, they're not demanding anything. We stand in support with, or we are encouraged to see, you know, it's the, that kind of wording. Yeah, that, uh, and, and they don't even... Uh, say who is to blame for this. Nothing, they, nothing they don't. They, they, they gesture at what has happened. The story I'm hearing as well is that uh, Bob Iger is on holiday at the moment. Yeah. And that they're not racing to find a replacement for James Gunn and that no decision will be made on any subject of any kind until Bob Iger returns He's anyway. Back. So I'm pretty sure, though, that one of the first things when Bob Iger walks through the door will be... What do yeah, we do? What listen, do we do? This is a trash fire. What do we do? About, about the trash panda, dude. We've got to talk about that guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, here's hoping. You know, it's, maybe they'll do a Toblerone. Maybe they'll go back to the original formula like Toblerone did. I don't and, uh, I don't think they will. I but I feel like they'll probably offer him something like be on board as a producer. They'll let him have a bit of a say with who would direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Somewhat of like an olive branch, but also... Oh, this is going to be yeah. how we wind up with a Sean Gunn-directed uh, Guardians 3. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Gunn makes his directorial debut no, on Guardians we'll, 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 get, we'll get someone like Justin Lin. Or, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. But that's, that makes sense, someone like Justin Lin, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that makes sense, because you get... How does that sort of feel? You get, you get someone like that, mm. but... The, the worry is it's just someone that's just going to be just putting in these, like, 1970s needle drop moments just for the hell of which it. Which was James Gunn's issue with the animated series, if memory serves. Yeah. but uh, Which I will maintain has a good soundtrack. But, it, 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 it does, but I guess with the films, like, the songs are carefully... Yeah, they have specific meaning, yeah. don't they? Yeah. yeah. 
But, uh, okay, so uh, podcast plug. We're going to plug that mm. uh, extended podcast edition. We've got two reviews. We're going to fit into the podcast extras this week. Annoyingly, and, uh, and what are they? Uh, they are going to be, I believe, the apparition and Damascus cover. Uh, I, every time I've switched on TV recently, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and bear in mind, I I'm off for the summer holidays, so there's been a lot of this morning. Okay, Oh, it's been horrific. Um, John from Miss Marys has been on TV plugging Damascus cover. Um, yeah. He really shouldn't bother. It's dreadful. Eamon Holmes um, said it was better than Mission Impossible. Um, the man is a fool. Uh, I, I have a conflict of interest here. I can't I, say I, I, I know. I, I don't. I, I can't say anything because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, yeah, podcast edition, uh, extra movies, moments of cage. I've got you a good one this week. It's, uh, when do we ever let me down? I, well, it's a good point. It's a good point. We've done what nearly 150 of these episodes now, and oh uh, we've still not we've still not managed to double up on a moment of cage. We've managed to find 150 <laughs> individual moments of Amazing. cage so far. If we make it to 200, I'm going to be amazed. Um, in the meanwhile, go on to iTunes, Acast, uh, Deezer, any podcast platform of choice, and you will find the full unedited off screen show in there. And uh, we we get to do the after dark segment where we get to uh, to to, to, to curse and, and make the darker jokes for the for the dads the darker jokes for the dads that's what we'll call them bit of blue bit, bit of blue, blue bit of blue, blue, blue for the dads right so in the meanwhile first review of the week let's talk about Teen Titans go to the movies Woo! can't Which, wait for this it's awesome it's really really fun okay so it's the uh, the, the feature film spin-off of the I think it launched in like 2009-2010 uh, about thereabouts I think it was a few years later I think it was, was it two, years? 2013 2013 okay I've been saying this came uh, before the Turtles obviously it might yeah. be after um, but it's part of the anime inspired wave of animated shows that skew slightly younger that have come out in, in yeah, recent it's, years it's 2D animation 2D hand drawn flashy uh, yeah. yeah and uh, this is the whole thing so it skews younger it plays the series kind of plays as this sort of almost vignette style meta textual parody thing a version of itself mm. that likes to poke fun at, at the sort of minutiae of superhero life but for younger characters like Robin and Starfire and That's Beast cool. Boy so now you've got the movie adaptation which continues that continuity so if you're a kid and you watch the series you can just watch this as it's the film installment <laughs> you know same same thing it's the end of season 5 or whatever it is you know and, and then we'll do season 6 when that's back on telly this has the Teen Titans um, basically disheartened to discover that they are the only heroes not being given a superhero movie by Warner Brothers, mm. which is kind of funny in one sense because they kind of are the yeah. only superheroes not do, being do given. Do they even mention Warner Brothers by name? Warner Brothers is all, all over, over there. It. These the other films are specifically over there, so for in, are, are specifically out there. So they they have like Batman v Superman, and they even yeah. go so far as to call that like Yawn of Justice. Um, <laughs> it's it's that level of humor. So basically, think Deadpool. Think they're doing this story as it's Deadpool, very meta, yeah. And even to the extent that they have, there's even references about Deadpool because Deathstroke is in it. Well, that's the thing, which is great. They don't call him Deathstroke though; they call him Slade because apparently the oh. Teen Titans have a rule: they won't have the character in with the name Death as his actual name. Ah, uh, so he's, that's, that's why he's specifically Slade. Slade and I'll yeah. tell you what. Uh, well, this is the thing: they're, they're not allowed to have a movie because they're not famous enough. Uh, they then decide what they need is an arch nemesis, and that's when they would discover Slade, as you will hear in this uh, very appropriately chosen clip. Stop right there, Deadpool. Deadpool? What? I- I'm not Deadpool. I thought Deadpool was a good guy. Why does everybody think I'm Deadpool? You got them guns and the swords. Yeah, well, lots of people have guns and swords. Okay. Nah, I'm pretty sure you're Deadpool. Look into the camera and say something inappropriate. Oh, I'm not Deadpool. I am the greatest, most feared, most nefarious, most ultimate supervillain the world has ever seen. I am Slay. So that's not Batman. That is Will Arnett, <laughs> but it's not Batman. I know, I know. So basically, this is about as good as Lego Batman. That's, that's, what okay. that, yeah. that, that's a pretty good. That's a good bar, isn't yeah. it? And, and we we love Lego Batman. Exactly. It's yeah. not as good as a Lego movie, but it's as good as Lego Batman. And in that same way that uh, it's as good as Deadpool, I suppose. It's about as fun as Deadpool, mm. the, you know, in animated form. Um, the funny thing is, I can't escape the feeling that if uh, one of us had actually made this in live action. Had actually, you know, given it that decent little yeah. budget, and actually made this exact script in live action. It would have been a. St- 
astonishing. This this would have been an absolute you know, industry game changer. Mm. Um, that sort of level. It, it, I think the fact that it's in animated form, I think, it means that it gets taken a little bit less seriously. But guess, you know, yeah. But it's it's funny, isn't it? That they're, lo- mm. they're launching the Titans show, which is the live action. I know, yeah. Version of this, and it looks gritty as all hell. And the funny thing is, as well, there's a joke uh, early on in which Robin is disheartened because every other element of the Batman universe has been given a spin-off except Robin oh, right, yeah. and they jokingly uh, unveil an Alfred spin-off that has now happened in the yeah. time since this in time it took yeah, there's going to be an Alfred movie. show isn't there there is an Alfred TV show coming out so the movie's become From, self-fulfilling like, the, the Gotham show yeah, oh, yeah. no 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 he's oh, not even connected to that it's a separate thing I believe it's just oh. his own adventures prior to the events of Gotham when he's like in the army and stuff or... I think so yeah the yeah. stuff he talks about in Dark Knight um, yeah so the voice cast are a lot of fun there's a load of stars in there that I think you'll, you'll have read about some of them like Nicolas Cage finally getting to be Superman <laughs> as you've just pointed out uh, Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Kimmel is Batman Jimmy Kimmel is Batman uh, Halsey is Wonder Woman there's, there's a great great cast in there there's a lot of fun in the script it has a great time with superhero origin stories it's very meta about how it tackles the conventions of the superhero genre you know in terms of things like the superhero landing and things like that mm. like Deadpool did same kind of terrain here very kid friendly but also quite adult friendly there's a, there's a lot of those kind of uh, the gangs that can really be taken on either level and that work just as well and I think that's that's a good balance with these films rather than just like the Shrek humour where it's just loss on a kid and it yeah. only works for an adult None of that. It does definitely work on it, both it ends. Plays, I quite plays like that. To both. It does, and there's there's a lot of fun playing, you know, a lot of fun had with nerddom and fandom. Um, I had a great time with it. I really did. Um, you know, it's fun. It's wacky. It's colourful. It's inventive. It's touching at times as well. They give some quite good, uh, quite good uh, character arcs. For for instance, Robin, I would say as well. Um, that's it. That's it. Definitely go and check it out. If you're a fan of the Lego Batman movie, then definitely go and see this by all means. Because I think you'll have a very similar kind of experience with it. If you've never experienced the Teen Titans before, check it out. Because honestly, for their first sort of feature, big screen feature feature <laughs> release, they they have definitely started off strong. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the On Screen Radio Show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, should we uh, should we just have a quick piece of film news before we get to uh, the next film? Just uh, a, a souchon. A souchon. A souchon. A souchon. Okay, okay, go on. Go, what you got for me? So, um, in Mission Impossible, well, in the last two, um, Rebecca Ferguson was quite a big part of them. <laughs> she and she's she has great, been, yeah. And she's got more jobs, and that's always good news. <laughs> it's nice when she has more when jobs. Which just keeps, keeps working. Although, in Great Showman, when she plays an opera singer, one, mm. that's not her singing. Two, the song she sings is not opera. Oh, so well, no, it's I, not actually. Isn't I, it? I, I take umbrage with that, but <laughs> I, I digress, nevertheless. I poo poo um, your casting. <laughs> yeah. um, she is, however, going to be a lead part in Men in Black. This new Men in Black. The Men in Black reboot? Yeah. Whatever hmm. we're going to be calling it. I think we, we said, we said MIB, didn't we? I think I, we suggested just be, it'll come out as MIB. Just um, I also, I also think it could be men slash women in black. That's, that, that'll work. Right, yeah. For the time. You can't call it people in black, can you? you oh, people in black, that would work. Persons of... But per, persons in black, people per, in black. Persons of absence of colour. People in black, there we people are, that's, that's a secret. That's a word. So Rebecca Ferguson's going to be in it. She is, and she's also going to be in the film Doctor Sleep. Yeah, this is the Shining sequel, isn't it? It is, yeah, some other people have been cast, but I can't remember their names. <laughs> so, um, yeah, over, I, I know one of them was in Westworld. Ah. He's a Native American actor. I've forgotten his name, but... Um, that's exciting. I've been kicked off the Wi-Fi, so you have to give me a moment because I've I've lost all my notes and I've forgotten where I live. Let's let's keep this in the edit because this is fun. Okay, uh, we're definitely going to keep that in. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just I'm literally how just is, trying. How to, is the world without internet? I it's a cold and lonely place, and I don't know I don't know uh, how anyone lived there in, in, with any kind of sanity. Anyway, I can now. I've got my notes. I can now talk about uh, Heartbeat Loud, which. <sighs> Is a film. Was, was this the case film by any chance? This is the case film. How did you guess? Okay. Because I so, think I told you about this like a year ago. You did, you did. So, written and directed by uh, Brett Haley, this stars Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clements because it's a film in the 21st century, so it has to star Kiersey Clements now. Uh, she, and I have no problem with that because she's spectacular in this film. I love her. And uh, so they are a father daughter duo. Uh, the mother has, has passed away in Kiersey Clements. 
Jordan's younger years, um, he runs a record store, a Brooklyn rec- record store, aimed exclusively <laughs> at people like you, Case. And all he does is he sits there all day long and passes judgment on music hipsters who then taunt him and go and buy the same things on Amazon for cheaper. And uh, in the summer before his daughter is to leave to go to medical school, um, they form a band together and he starts uploading their music to Spotify and uh, and, and basically they get sort of a, a little bit of local, a taste of local fame out of it. Um, however, she's getting ready to move on with her life. He doesn't seem quite as ready to take it seriously as she is. And at the same time, he's facing, facing the possible closure of uh, their, their beloved the, the family store. store. So it's going to be the end of an era for him in many, many ways. Here is a clip of them shortly after she has unveiled a new song for him. Speak now. Streets are flooded. Hearts loud. We feel it in our blood. And now our hearts beat loud. Just a bunch of words. I'm not even sure it means anything. Meaning, shmeaning. I want it that way. They want what? What way? Doesn't doesn't matter. Hits Wait, on. I'm sorry. Are you bringing up the Backstreet Boys in reference to my lyrics? All due respect. It's actually a pretty good song. Mm. Oh come on! How did you get to be such a music snob? I wonder. This is a mood piece. It just has to have. A feeling. You couldn't sound any less like a movie aimed at you, could it, Case? <laughs> could not at all. It's like if Rob Gordon had a daughter. Okay. <laughs> shall, shall I sell you on this somewhat more, Case? I'd like, if it, if it was even possible. Right. This also stars Ted Danson. Yeah. Okay. It also <laughs> stars Tony Collette. Yeah. Uh, Blythe Danner, uh, uh, Sasha Lane from American Honey. Uh, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco, isn't it? Really? I, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. It, it's it's very much aimed at our sensibilities, our sort of, our shared love of, of cable shows and then spinning off into uh, cable comedies that's then sort of spun off into the sort of mumblecore kind of arena. It really is. I, honestly, I came out of this film, I loved it. I had a great time with it. I thought it was really sharp. I thought it was really touching. And Nick Offerman is just a, a treasure in this movie. He's just delightful. <laughs> I can think of no other way to describe Nick Offerman in this movie other than he is simply delightful. I, I, I just want to hold him in a manly fashion. And, Stroke his uh, beard and have, exactly. him, have him make w- wooden furniture for you. That's absolutely. I want to smoke a pipe with him. Um, <laughs> he's just he's so he's so sweet in this movie. And the relationship between uh, between himself and Kissy Clement, uh, the way this father daughter relationship has been written, it's it just it gets played so naturally. It's such a sweet relationship. You you honestly you care about it very quickly. And it's helped by the fact that Casey Clements just has so much charisma here. She's got so much charm. Um, I had a great time with it. I was like, really well, uh, well put together, really well written. I thought it looked the part. I thought it had just the, the, the best tone, the best feel, the atmosphere. It just had it exactly right. Um, really well put together production. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. I'm going to go see it on Tuesday at half 12. Excellent. Um, I, I look forward. I mean, it's not going to wind up being in the box office top five next week, obviously, because it's not. A fifty million dollar. It's not a hundred and fifty million dollar. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being forced to pay actual yeah. cash money for but, it. I'm uh, going to go to an independent cinema. But oh, well, okay. It'll be a good time. I'll I'll go. I'll get my vintage sweets. I can get there. <laughs> I'll get my look arts or whatever. And, have a good time. Well, I think it will be uh, an adventure that you will very much enjoy. I think you're going to love this movie. Have you got a piece of film news for me, though, to take us to take us to the next review? What have you got for me in the realm of the news, sir? Have I? Yeah, well, not, not so much news, just, just a bit of a tasty tidbit. Bit okay. Of a, bit, a bit of a morsel. Okay, um, so, I like it a bit. Um, again, about the Mission Impossibles. Uh, Chris McQuarrie has been doing loads of press about it. And, um, I have noticed. Yes. Uh, well, you also noticed, but um, it was Sans Jeremy Renner. I, I did notice it was Sans Jeremy Renner. Well, you noticed, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think um, uh, I think we spoke about why he, but like the main reason why he wasn't in it. Yeah, it was of just, course. It was a yeah. scheduling thing. Avengers, but obviously wasn't in the last Avengers anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, but whatever. Um, Chris McQuarrie had an idea for him uh, to be in this latest one. Okay. What yeah. was it? I think I read a headline but never got the actual story. So do we know the story behind what was the idea for him to be in it? The idea was it was essentially going to be a glorified cameo at the start. Um, mm. And I'm not going to give any like major plot details away anything but there is a there is a deal at the start of the film that kind of goes awry. Yes. And he was going to be a main focus of that and he was going to be essentially bumped off. 
Ah, actually, do you know what? That would have made a lot of sense within the narrative of the film. Given, given what happens and given... Yeah. yeah, given, especially given how far it goes, you think, yeah, actually, that would be a, a pretty good inciting incident. Yeah, but, and, uh, uh, and he also goes into, like, his way of thinking with the other characters and why they can't be killed off. Because um, yeah. I, th- I think in the first one, isn't Luther supposedly killed off and then he's, he's alive yeah, in the very the very first one I believe yes yeah. Yeah, that prompted so. a conversation between Ving Rhames and Tom Cruise where Ving Rhames is basically like why you gotta kill the black guy why does this always happen <laughs> and so because of that he's essentially untouchable is that what happened yeah and then Benji uh, holds a place in two in people's hearts so Benji's essentially safe so it was kind of like um, like I don't Jeremy really think, think is there such a thing as a Jeremy Renner fan I, I don't does he have <laughs> I, fans I, I, people like him people like him I like Jeremy Renner I like him I I wouldn't say I'm a Jeremy Renner fan, though. I mean, whenever anyone's asked, like, who's a good actor out there in the world? I've never just gone, Jeremy Renner. But um, I like I like him in things. I think he's good in them. It's true. But I just... If, if someone asked me to have a cast, then even if cast Hawkeye, I probably wouldn't have never said <laughs> Jeremy Renner. And he's really good in it, but I never am just like, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, so, so. <laughs> a, a review. I'm, we're going to get tweets about Jeremy Renner. We really are. We really oh, are. Okay, so have we got another review to do now? I believe we, we do. To... That is the escape. Right, the escape. So, don't know what this is. But that's oh, the thing. Oh, is this for Jarrett's one? The, the Jeremy Arthur one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't know what this was either, and that's actually quite integral to my opinion of it because it blew me away. That's good. Right, so this comes from writer-director Dominic Savage. I believe, is this his... I think this might be his first actual feature. Oh, no, no, sorry, no, no, it wasn't. I'm thinking of a different movie entirely. Um, he has directed a bunch of movies for television, so he's uh, he's not exactly a newcomer, but I think it's his first, like, main... Open-comer. Uh, Open-comer feature, feature film, but I think he's directed quite a few things for television. Dominic Savage. The name is brilliant, by the way, because this is a very savage movie emotionally. <laughs> so he's the perfect man it for will, the job. It will break um, So this stars Gerard Arston as, uh, as Tom. She is, let's just say, for argument's sake, let's just say she's a 30-year-old married mum of two. She's married to Dominic Cooper. Uh, I must stop saying Dominic West when I mean say Dominic Cooper. It stars Dominic Cooper. Very different movie as Dominic West. Um, Tara is has effectively anything she should want in life. You know, her husband's job is, is perfectly secure. They have a nice home, sort of two up, two down, new build housing estate. Uh, you know, two kids, relatively normal, happy, healthy kids. Um, however, she's not happy. She's just not happy within herself. She's facing an, an absence of something in her life, and she doesn't quite know what it is. And every day, the monotony of this suburban life that she should otherwise, it's she knows otherwise, is everything that some people can dream of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as I say, it's getting to her, and everything is mounting. And sooner or later, something's got to give. There is going to be an eruption. She might need... Can you guess what she might need, Case, from the very clever title? A way in. A way in. Oh, no. Other one. Opposite. Way out. Oh, yeah. Here's a clip. Come on. This ain't like you, is it? Soaking in baby's room. Where's my happy girl? It's a phase. It's just a phase. Everybody goes through it. I envy you. No good with the kids. They hate me. Shut up. You're a great mum. I think I need to, like, get out and do something with my life. Yeah, great. Can I have a ticket to Paris, please? Is that one way of return? Uh, one way. I, like I say, I was blown away by this. Genuinely. I was astonished. This is a performance I never expected to see from Gemma Arton. I've seen Gemma Arton be very good on occasion. Mm, um, as have I. But I think when she goes blockbuster, for instance, I think then we see a, a, a much weaker actress, I think, when she does mainstream. Uh, when she does drama, she does some really terrific work. And also when she does that sort of horror-drama uh, combo, like with uh, Disappearance of Alice Creed, which I, I've been wanting to rewatch for years now, um, this is absolutely a performance just steeped in raw nerve she's absolutely terrific the problem with general on with, with general emotional unhappiness that sort of you know internalized emotional unhappiness is that it is internalized and of course projecting that and getting that across in any medium is incredibly difficult and she's very much tapped into every crack in the in the outer shell of this character, and she really does want to open them up for you. And it's a brilliant performance. It's genuinely terrific. Dominic Cooper's fine, but he you know doesn't really get that much to do. I mean, 
he's it is her story. He only gets to be a, a microscopic component of a much bigger story for her, and he really can't be too in, he really can't be too clued into what's going on with her for the story to work. It's really, really sharply written. It's really insightful. And Dominic Savage absolutely knows this character. He absolutely knows just how to write this for Gemma Rotten because she is absolutely splendid in it. Um, I just thought it was an absolutely terrific just absolutely career-defining performance. I cannot speak highly. I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm overpraising. Honestly, I promise you I'm not. It's brilliant. So you liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. <laughs> I just, it's an absolutely <laughs> amazing movie. Um, tower, you know when they say towering performance? Mm. This is a towering performance in a really solid, really gripping drama. Better than uh, Prince of Persia. It is absolutely better than Prince of Persia, yes. I believe you. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, are we ready for uh, Fun Time Frankie with our box office top five? So ready. Number five. Everyone's grandma's favourite, Andre, Ryu, whatever his face is. Ryu, is Ryu. it Ryu? Is it Ryu? I don't know. Guy with the long hair, he looks... Looks kind of Swedish or Danish or some some kind of Scandinavian. And he's, 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 he's got a violin and he sells out like yeah. stadium. Andre Ryu's 2017 Maastricht concert yeah. event cinema. Um, it's insane how popular it is. It really is. I mean, it's made a million and a half quid this last weekend. And uh, I mean, it, its age is officially listed as 54 weeks old, by the way. This uh, this thing. So is, is, is it... Like right. And, and the average age of his listener is like 54 years old. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> has, someone, um, has someone tweeted us on the matter at all? Uh, yeah. Uh, Doris Smith says, don't you dare say one negative word about my <laughs> beloved Andre. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, let's have a look. We'll go to pizza. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, Maria Pearson, twelve. So I didn't see the first eleven Maria Pearsons, but I'm, they were fans too. I imagine. I, I hear good things. Um, she says, uh, "Wishing at Odeon Cinema would have a time." <laughs> this, <laughs> this is just a burn. It's a burn. Oh my god! What they done? And um, wishing at Odeon Cinemas would advertise their event screenings better. Watch Andre Rio's thirtieth anniversary um, show in cinema. Not even half full. Well, that just sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Number four. Hotel Transylvania the third. A monster vacation, which is the exact movie you think it's going to be. Do you think it's basically going to be chipwrecked with the Hotel Transylvania characters? Yeah, but I want to see this more. That, to be fair, that actually holds up, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I like the first two. I think you quite like the first two. I do quite like the first two. I like the animation um, style. That's it, it was Tartakovsky. Uh, I'm a big fan. Is it Tartakovsky? Is that his name? Tartovsky? Tarkovsky? He did the Clone Wars animated series. Did, I'm a big yeah. fan of his work. He does uh, Samurai Jack as well. This is a funny um, thing, isn't it? Because, like, any other week, really, this probably would have been number one because it made. Instant number one, yeah. Yeah, it, thing, though, it, you? well, it made 3,449,000 and, and change. And change, and, yeah. and it's only number four. And you look, it's been a busy week at the box office. You can tell half-term stuff. Uh, summer breaks begun. Yeah. Um, has anybody tweeted us about Hotel Transylvania 3, a monster vacation? <coughs> I'm dying. <coughs> I continue to die. I'm dead. At Cherry Tweets says, watch the first half an hour of hashtag Hotel uh, Transylvania 3. That was hard to say. Yes, it's a crap. Not yes, it's crap. Yes, it's a it's crap. It's a crap. It okay. is a singular crap. <laughs> the first two installments were really good. Dot dot. So they 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 were they were not craps. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> That's absolutely fair. Number three. Incredibles Part 2. Which I'm a big fan of, and I think you are as well. Yeah. Um, I think it turned out a lot better than anyone really thought it would. I God, think, it made money. Uh, it really did, didn't it? Did it's it, it's uh, crossed a billion. I think, I think it's the fastest animated film to cross a billion. I think that's why you heard it. That's what I heard. Yeah, there was a stat about it. Yeah, I think it's, it's beaten Frozen and there's, there's other popular ones. <laughs> American Tale. <laughs> American Tale, just because yeah. I mentioned it 20 minutes ago. I, uh, I missed on Bluth. Um, Itchy the Killer. 
Those are the popular animated kids' films. That would be one I'd pay to see in animated children's form, yes. There, 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 is, there is not not a child's version. <laughs> I'd love to see that. You'd love to see a child's version. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, Incredibles 2. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, I actually I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again, actually. Um, I did have a great time with it. I'm, I, I'm always happy to see more of Edna Mode. But uh, yeah. has anybody tweeted us about The Incredibles 2? At Stephen Kello says, very happy to say I got to see this last night and it was so, so good the short at the beginning it was also really well done hashtag Incredibles 2 so the short is Bow Bow yeah the, the dumpling one oh yeah that, that destroyed that's me. amazing 30 seconds of that where my world collapsed I, yeah I think I know a bit I think everyone knows a bit yeah yeah for like 30 whole seconds my world imploded oh I'm not, I'm not ready to be a parent <laughs> on which note number two Mia too, ladies and gentlemen. Mia, Mia, here we go again. Which I, I will admit, I think is better than the first one. Um, but I think that's uh, only because it turns out that basically doing Godfather two but with Meryl Streep yeah, is I, actually I like that idea. It is yeah. actually easier as a musical to actually get working rather than who's the daddy? Here's a Jeremy Kyle plot. You know, it, yeah. it turns out it's easier to sell Godfather two as a musical, um, <laughs> which is the weirdest comparison you can make for an ABBA musical. Um, I had fun with it. I, I you know, I, I, it is what it is. I think if you have fun with the first movie, you're going to have fun with the second. I think if you don't like the first movie, you aren't going to like the second either. Um, and it's got a pretty fun Omidji Lili cameo. I was just going to say, Omidji Lili's in it, so that's great. Omidji Lili's in it. I love Omidji Lili. And uh, it turns out that Jeremy Irvin can do the world's greatest Pierce Brosnan voice. Who knew? Do you know what's interesting? He has been a younger version of now Pierce Brosnan, but also Colin Firth in Railway Man. Of course he has, yes. So he just needs to be young Stellan. He does need to be young Stellan, but good luck, because we've seen Alexander, and Jeremy Irving could in no way play anything equivalent to Alexander Skarsgård. No. Get, no. on your, get on your war horse. <laughs> but he's my horse, sir. Has anybody <laughs> tweeted about Mamma Mia? Here we go again. Yes, at underscore Keely underscore says, watched hashtag Mamma Mia and want to move to an island and live off oranges and fruit, sun emoji, watermelon emoji, orange emoji, sunflower emoji. Number one. Hang on, I'm just moving my cap backwards so I can fully embody Thunderst. <laughs> you, you, you're not naked and filming yourself, so you couldn't actually yeah, be Fred Durst. No, I'm not constantly um, talking about it. Now myself. this red cap gets a rap from these critics, so, you know. Um, okay, so uh, the movie, of course, is... Mission Impossible 6. And at this point, is it really an impossible mission? It, it feels it, actually. I think after the sixth go, you're like, it's pretty possible now, Tom. Yeah. Come on. Mission, mission just done. Mission, mission, <laughs> not even a mission. It'd be great if they just put the seventh one out and called it Mission Likely, wouldn't they? Yeah, mission, mission probable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, it's academically the best one of this series yet. Academically, these get better every time. I say academically only because I prefer the fourth movie. I, that, that's mm. me. I think the fourth is the big spectacle one. I think the third is my is the most fun, and I think two is the coolest. But uh, you know, misdirected Wu and all that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> which we will which never is basically stop. Basically, John Wu film. Um, but yeah, Tom Cruise, a lot of, lot of fun in it. Uh, great cast. Henry Cavill. Yeah, how fun's he in it? It's great. And it's great. Uh, and his arm reloading, and his his <laughs> his pockets uh, suddenly spawning shirt. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was great. Has anybody tweeted about Mission Impossible format? Yes, uh, Hard Boomboxer, great name. Okay. Says well dot dot dot. It was worth it. Hashtag Mission Impossible Six cat emoji, and then a picture of Henry Cavill uh, emblazoned with stash. Fair. Does he really need to offer much more than the conversation? It's, it's, <laughs> must we go tropical? <laughs> yeah, must we go tropical? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep these things uh, condensed. Anyway, so um, have we? Uh, should we go straight to the next review before we uh, before we run out of time? Should we just go straight to Sicilian Ghost Story? Take me there. Okay, so a Sicilian Ghost Story, which is surprisingly not a ghost story. I'm just going to point that out. So it's not actually a conventional like haunted house ghost story. Uh, this is um, effectively a foreign language uh, crime thriller, effectively a crime thriller drama, which is loosely based on a true story, on a real uh, on a real incident. So this comes to us uh, from writer directors Fabio uh, Grassadon- Grassadonia. 
Fabio Grassadonia. That is the coolest... I just want to say, by the way, that is the coolest name anyone has ever had. And uh, Antonio Piazza. Uh, this is the story of a 12-year-old girl who falls in love with... Uh, well, falls in love, has a schoolgirl crush on uh, her handsome classmate. He's a bit of a prankster, a bit of a showboater. Um, they live... They, you know, they, they live on Sicily. Uh, they live in Sicily, sorry. And um, he is abducted because his father is a an informant in a mafia trial. So he is abducted and over the course of a very long period of time held for ransom in order to get his father to stop uh, stop spilling mob secrets. In the meanwhile, she forms what seems to be a, a psychic link with him based on their emotional connection. And will she find him? Will she not? That's the movie. So that's uh, not quite the Sicilian ghost story you expected, that one, is it? No, it was not. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I know, right? What? I know. Like, it's like someone saying saying to me, it's a Norfolk romance. Exactly. What does that entail? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's a really tremendous piece of work, actually. So, um, uh, Julia... Let me try and get that. I apologise, because obviously I don't speak Sicilian. Uh, you don't? I don't. It, it turns out that, no, I know less Sicilian than I do uh, ancient Latin. So, uh, Julia Ledlikowska, I believe, as Luna, I think absolutely brilliant. Uh, Gitano Fernandez as Giuseppe, who is the... Uh, what, That's a great know? name. That is, isn't it? I know! Gitano Fernandez! They got, they're rocking oh. them on this. I think I still think that's Fabio. What, that's what looks for me. There you go. So that's uh, Andrea oh. Falzone. There you go. I, like, I, I love a good Sicilian name. As, as, as do I. When I used to work for a popular uh, cinema chain of note, yeah, uh, they offer a uh, a cinema subscription membership card mm. that you pay for monthly. I think we all know what we're talking about. Oh yes, of course. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, my favorite ever name on a card that I saw. Uh, it, Max it, Power. I wish. I wish <laughs> it, it was an Italian name. It was Fausto Ferrari. Oh my god! You're never gonna get a better name. You never are. That's that. That man has officially won the name game forever. That's <laughs> yeah. that's Fa- it. Fausto. <laughs> god, Fausto Ferrari. Fausto Ferrari. Don't you, you just envision a devil in a sports car? Don't you, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, really, really, uh, superbly, superbly uh, crafted film. Um, I just, I was gripped by this. I, I it never really led up on the suspense for me. I uh, the performances from both the young leads are. They verge on harrowing, particularly uh, uh, Jed, uh, Jed Lekowska. I think she's just got this this almost trembling quality to her. You know, this sort of uh, nervous energy mm. to her. And I think uh, re- really captivating performance. I was really taken in by. If I had a complaint, I think it was marginally overlong by about fifteen minutes. It's it's about two hours anyway but I just think this one could have sat about an it's hour just a little yeah I think it could have done with some some, some pepping down we're, we're doing alright this week some, we're, we're some alright films some alright films aren't yeah. there so let's uh, have another break we'll come back and we'll see what we can cook up next with the latest film news and reviews this is Off Screen the On Screen Radio Show and we're back, Mr. Allen, and it's finally time, after all these weeks... All these World Cups. I know, all these World Cups, we finally, finally, finally get to review Ant-Man and the Wasp. I saw it last night. Did you love it? Midnight. I did, I stayed awake for the whole thing, which is pretty <laughs> amazing. I was very tired, but yeah... It's just like, oh, this is so much fun. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so this takes place, uh, let's just say, two years, uh, well, actually, one year and about 363 days after the events of Civil War, as we, as we very specifically get told. <laughs> That's when it's taking place, it's happening not long before uh, another film, and that, that gets referenced to, but there's, there's a time and a place that this yeah. is happening, and they want you to know about it. Okay, so, Scott Lang has been under house arrest for nearly two years for having aided and abetted Captain cool. America during Civil War. Yep. And uh, he's being uh, cared for by the FBI under the supervision of Agent Wu, played by uh, oh, Randall Park. Randall Park, uh, from the interview, isn't he? Yeah, uh, and amongst other things, uh, fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat is quite big, in isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure what was because I, I, he absolutely stole something. He stole the show and something recently. I'll have to find out. He's, but, he's um, in an episode of The Office, which I forgot about for like a minute. It might be Veep. I'm thinking of. 
Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, oh, he's, the, he's the yeah, yeah, yeah the, the senator. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, we're going completely off there. So uh, Scott Lang is under house arrest. Um, he is given a vision one day from someone who may or may not be trapped in the quantum realm as a result of his having been there at the end of his last movie. Um, and he then must team up with his now estranged former cohort, cohort sorry, uh, Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly as Hank Pym and. Uh, Hope Van Dyne, um, and they must set off to recover their uh, lost comrade from the quantum realm without the FBI uh, knowing that he's left his house, without the uh, criminals that they are forced to buy equipment from from tracking them down and stealing their cutting-edge research, and without this mysterious other creature from another realm entirely beating the crap out of them. And we have a clip of the only person they can turn to for help. If you don't know, you're going to love this. Wow, Dr. Pym, like, like, who would have thought that once again in your hour of need that, that you would turn to us, you know? Not me. Hmm. Help yourself. Hey, what's up with the fancy pastry? We got to keep the food budget down. Well, what are we supposed to have for breakfast? The oatmeal packets. Oatmeal packets. It's insult. Why is it insult? Because it tastes like sand. You know why? It's because it's organic. No, That's it's why. not organic. It's sand. It's you the most important meal of the day. Get, you know what? You can get creative it with it. Break teeth. I'll put a little brown sugar on it. You put some cinnamon. Put a little honey. You, you, guys, guys, no, guys, you guys, 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 come on, man. We got bigger fish to fry. Is that my desk? How nice is it to see Mickey Pens back in the uh, Marvel verse? Mickey again? the Pen. Mickey the so Pen. Right. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun for this. Yeah, I think it's more fun than the first one. I think so as well. And I think what this... Yeah. I think what the, it's, what it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a chase film. It is. It definitely has that uh, run and jump mentality to it. But in a, in, in a very... And I thought this was very cleverly uh, cleverly conceived. This sort of PG family-friendly idea. Like, let's do a 90s PG family movie set yeah. within the Marvelverse. And you're like, that's absolutely brilliant. Because... This series seems to actually lend itself naturally towards that anyway. Yeah, you, know, you could have a heist film, then you could have an action rom-com. Yeah, yeah. And it's another example of let's take the sequel order and let's bury this in a different genre. Um, yeah. And in that same way, you know, got to be the oh, Marvel 70s thing, anything, and yeah. we've got the disco on, and, and I kind of like that. Um, but I like that they've done a PG, you know, family-friendly, almost honey, I blew up the kid level of uh, of silliness. <laughs> and that's the thing; it's not afraid to be silly at all. Uh, but it works. Yeah, I mean, there, there is a world in the nineties where, like, Robin Williams was, was Scotland. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it has that feel as well, doesn't it? Have that feel of something you could have imagined yeah. Robin Williams doing. Gene, Gene Wilder could have been. Yeah. Him. And, and, uh, yeah. I mean, and then of course, about two thousand, two thousand and one, we've got a re- we've got a really awful, like, no effort sequel starring Jamie Kennedy. You know, but something like that. That oh, absolutely yeah, would have happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that actually did happen once, didn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Yes, uh, uh, I, Paul Rudd. I think great again. Yeah, you know, I mean, and why not? It's, it's kind of a it, it's a Paul Rudd character, isn't it? It's not really. It, it kind of just he gets to show up and kind of play Paul Rudd again. It's it works. Yeah, and I think in the same way that like with the first Ant Man, like he's he's still not really a hero and he's not a superhero. And that's really great. Yeah, I like that about it. It does. It has that screwball quality that I, I love. Um, yeah. Having said that, I really like how ruthlessly badass and wonderful Evangeline Lilly is in this. Yeah, she's uh, incredible. Yeah, they they put their best foot forward with their first female yeah. in the title um, uh, lead. Yeah. And uh, Michael Douglas still great. You know, still yeah, funny. even better. I think even better. Yeah, yeah. Well, more to do. I suppose. What do you want to do? Sense, yeah. yeah, and you get to see him. Uh, do things yeah so there's new cast members we're not going to tell you who plays who uh, but let's just say some we'll just go through some actors we can tell you what in the film we're not going to tell you who they're playing or anything like that Uh, so uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne I thought Larry the Fish Larry the Fish good role I thought didn't quite Mm -hmm. that's a reinvention of an older character I like what they've done with that that was was quite cool Um, I really liked Walton Goggins yes they are Walton Goggins is so much fun takes a very generic character but actually makes him quite interesting I think it's better than him just being like a 
like a mustachioed <laughs> villain. Do you know what I mean? But like, like, it is the Walton Goggins version of a mustachioed villain, though. Yeah. If you think about it, you're like it's just like a slimy, everything southern, southern like businessman guy. Yeah, yeah. it works because Walton Goggins just injects so much natural charisma into that stock archetype. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, 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 Michelle of the Fife's um, is pretty good in what is a, a relatively relatively minor role, despite importance. Um, yeah, but like in, in the same Marvel way, like all the small roles, you can see them coming back for other things. Oh which is yeah, great. yeah, yeah. And uh, and of course, you've got uh, the, the the three show stealers entirely. You've got uh, uh, Ti, Michael Pena, and David the Small Chin. David the Small Chin. David the Small David Chin. David with his small chin. Um, who you heard in the clip, and they are so much fun. Um, they get a sequence with Walton Goggins that I yes. think is just absolutely oh, amazing. amazing. And the best Luis flashback narration sequence yet. If we get these in every one of these films, I'm, I'm sorry. That's it. I just yeah. want like one of these Luis sequences in every one now. Yeah. But I do want them to start doing them for other Marvel films as well. Well, it's been talked about doing it as a one-shot. Yeah, absolutely yeah. doing that. Just have, like, have, have them as a one-shot for like, each of the phases. Yeah, or just have yeah. like one one shot in which he tells you the entire Marvel universe. That would be amazing. Yeah, like here are the first three phases. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Peyton Reed brings, I would argue, a slightly more bright and colourful, cartoonish sensibility to what is arguably a much bigger and more cartoonish film. Anyway, right. um, it doesn't feel like a tonal misstep after the first movie. I think it it does work. It absolutely feels like it's. Uh, I mean, there's a, there is a sequence. Um, in, in with the giant with the giant uh, size soup, for instance, mm. things like that. We do think, okay, it's strange that you are pulling this off because this is getting increasingly ridiculous. But yeah, I'm going with it. Yeah, I think with with the size of this one compared to the first one, mm. if the first one is like like a street, we're actually seeing the whole city with this one. Definitely, very yeah. much so. You, I mean, you get to see the full range of the things you can do with size yeah. size altering powers. And when we see them. At, different sizes mm. and it helps yeah. that you've got Evangeline Lilly's character in it now who actually knows what she's doing so you yeah. get to see the cool slick version yeah. of the stuff you saw last time so you, got, you, you saw the dumbass version and now you get the professional version yeah. <laughs> um, and you still just get him just being like I don't, still don't know what I'm doing oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I was surprised uh, by uh, how much depth it had I thought it was mm. a surprising it was, it was the story is sneaky it's really well, well paced the whole story is is about a, is about family really it's, it's, it's mm. very strange how I don't I don't mean that in the you know condescending Fast and Furious way. Um, I mean family. If not family, there's no B in it. It's just family with a with an M and an I. Um, but yeah, it's surprising. It is a character a character adventure in one sense. Yeah. It's a character driven adventure superhero romp that's about a family wanting to be together. That's so weird. The mm-hmm. bulk of the ticking clock is simply he can't get caught outside of his house. Kind of an idea, and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really really works. And um, uh, one final thing I will say again no spoilers there is a sequence that you just you do think if you had an actor who wasn't as skilled as Paul Rudd you never and you know the bit I, as well of don't course you? I do yeah, you yeah. never would have pulled this off he absolutely nails it hmm. and you just think this could have gone so wrong just absolutely wrong <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm Man of the Wasp in cinemas now. Absolutely check it out. It was a, yeah. it's, it's a good oh, it's ride. It's amazing. It is, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give that film of the week, really, aren't we? I mean, it's the only one I've seen. The only one I've seen. It sounds like a really good week. It is a really good week. I I mean, you have to if you can see the escape. Absolutely see the escape. Having said that, though. You should see Teen Titans go to the movies. Sorry, Teen Titans go! Exclamation mark. To the movies. you you got to see that too. Um, it's a really, really good week. So What about um, uh, Hearts Beat Loud? Oh, Heart Beat Loud. Hearts Beat, Hearts Beat, Hearts, Hearts, Hearts Beat Loud is awesome. And I can't wait for you to see it. You're going <laughs> to love it so much. You really are. I feel I, I just, I want to be there when you see it. I, yeah. I want to pay the money you, myself. just like... It's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they've made a movie just for case to love it. Yeah. Next week, we have mm. Under the Tree. We have The Heiresses. We have The Darkest Minds. We have Lean Into the Wind. We have Unfriended Dark Web. We have Dog Days. And we have Jason Statham punching a shark, people. It's here. 
is Megalodon. <laughs> Chew on this, you ugly. Oh. Uh, right, so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been Kenny Stubbridge for On Screen. I've been Van Connor. I have been Ant Man forward slash the Wasp. And we'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Podcast extras van. Okay, Mr. Allen. So, uh, fun to be had, news to cover. I love this bit where we just kind of just clear all the mass of film news that we've absolutely failed to provide. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a fun, fun week over, overall. Um, I can't, I, I can't wait for the Meg next week. I really can't. I saw the trailer for it yesterday when I was uh, waiting for Ant-Man to start. Oh, yeah? I just can't wait. I mean, I've seen the trailer like 50 times now, and every time I don't get bored of it. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think my. I think my lowest expectation for it is to be as good as Piranha Three Double D. Vise Loba. Oh, sorry, Piranha Three D. Three Double D was a lot better. Um, yeah. By the way, a long, long uh, held desire of yours and I's uh, was to see Glenn Powell in Top Gun Two, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, because he was one of the three shortlisted actors yeah. to be. Son of Goose to be Gosling. To be Gosling. You know they have now cast him. Yes. Which is just a different character. Which just shows how good of an actor he is. Of course he is. But you look at this picture of that hunky man, that wondrous specimen that is Glenn Glenn Powell, Powell. right there that we have on this tablet in front of us, and you just think, that's that's a Top Gun star right there. That's a man who should start talking. It upsets me that he is not a bigger name. I think we're just waiting for Ryan Gosling to sign up for a project, have some kind of scheduling like conflict, and then Glenn Powell having to step up and just own it. I can, I can absolutely see that, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, they said apparently that they have taken another character because they liked him. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they, they liked, liked him so much. much yeah. They liked him so much that what they've done is they've taken one of the other supporting characters beefed and up. beefed up the role. That's the term of use as well, yeah. actually beefed up. Um, not strictly speaking film news, but did you know that they are considering a reboot of ALF? I, yeah, I was aware of this. Just please don't. Please do not reboot <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's just not something anyone ever needs to see, is it? I mean, speak, speaking of this is something I don't, I don't really want. Um, well, have you heard about um, the potential Craven the Hunter movie? Oh, God, yes. I mean, this was mooted around for a while. I don't, I don't understand with people. Every time there's a new Spider-Man movie on the way out, there's always that discussion. Oh, my God, who would you like to see as the, as, as the new villain? And... Uh, it's surprising how many people go, oh my god, Craven. You're like, why? Why? He's a terrible character. No, I, I am I am one of those people that would say Craven. Really? And I think we should have seen him at this point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he was always one of my favourites from the cartoons. I've always loved him. And there's so many amazing people that could potentially play. And there's, there's, there's just so much scope you could do with him as a character. There were so many amazing people who could have played Electro, and yet we got Jamie Foxx. <laughs> and, and yet we got Mr. <sighs> Freeze. Could yeah, we, just once. But, but, I but, 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 in, but in the MCU, and mm. I think he's only as good as Spider Man. We've got a great Spider Man, and now we're going to get is just a Craven film, and I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want it. Nobody has ever cried no. out for a Craven movie. Yeah, Although, well, it's because we're getting this Morbius living vampire. We're getting obviously we're getting Venom. The new Venom trailer dropped the other day. True, and about that, by the way, how awful does that Venom trailer look? It's weird, like in the first two trailers. Yeah, in the first two trailers, people are like, well, we need to see more of De- more Venom, and now I've, I've got I've got too much of him. Yeah, now I'm just like, I really don't need to see any more of him. Thank you. That's that's quite enough of that. Yeah, I've already um, seen Catwoman. I really don't need to see a remake. Well, we don't know if we're going to get the silver and black film. Um, that's kind of on ice, I think. It's... Kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. So, I'd rather than just have Craven to be in like the next Spider-Man film. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I mean, that's the thing. I would rather they stop with this spin-off nonsense anyway. Mm. But uh, you know, it's it's their only card to play, and they simply can't resist. So yeah, let's, let's just take this away and doing this. Yeah. It, it's it's absolutely bizarre. Well, that that comment you said about Craven not potentially being a good character. I mm. mean, I would have never thought that Vulture was a good character. That, to be fair, that is absolutely true. I think I said that to you when we reviewed it. I think I said yeah. I never thought I would care about Vulture. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely correct in, that, in saying that. I, uh, I I should revise my opinion after Homecoming, shouldn't I? 
But oh, um, okay. So let me let me do. There's more news. There's loads more news. Uh, let me just do uh, a further review. Then what we've got to talk about them this week. We've got uh, in the extras. We have. Oh my God, Damascus cover. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you something about Damascus cover right here and now. Okay. I watched this movie yesterday. Right. Okay. This morning, I had to actually go on IMDb and look up the plot. <laughs> that bodes well. Yeah, that bodes well, doesn't it? So I had to do that. And not only did I have to do that this morning, I now have to do it again because I have somehow also again <laughs> forgotten the plot of this very forgettable movie. <laughs> right, okay. That's it as well. So the actual plot description, as given by IMDb, is so brilliantly vague that you, you, you kind of think, oh, you're just being vague. But then you mm. think, no, actually, if you see the movie, that's kind of about that's as vague as they it. make this. The movie literally opens with Jonathan uh, Rhys Myers in kind of like Atomic Blonde. Kind of, imagine, if you will, the uh, the Asylum version of Atomic Blonde, and you, you go somewhere, somewhere as to where this sits on the spectrum. This is reportedly, by the way, the final uh, performance of John Hurt. Yeah, so, I um, I watched this morning the other day when Jonathan Rhys Myers was uh, promoting, and he said this is his last. Ugh. Yeah, he also said they've been very good friends for 25 years, so yeah, maybe, maybe we're in like, like a Jonathan's club. Maybe, maybe that is the thing. Uh, so, uh, you've got a spy played by I say an Israeli spy played by uh, uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers, Ari Ben Sion. He is trying to track down, I believe, uh, stolen secrets in Berlin in 1989. Oh, sorry, in why am I saying Berlin? There's a moment that starts in Berlin earlier uh, in Damascus and. Yeah, it, it's so convoluted. He literally opens the movie and gives you five solid minutes of narrated exposition. And yet, it's so instantly forgettable. I I couldn't find you a clip. I, I apologise. I I you don't need to apologise. Right. It is 93 minutes. It is just plodding, to say the least. It is. It really just is. bad. I mean, it, it stars like uh, Navid uh, Nagarban from uh, Iron Man, and it's got Jurgen Proshnow in there. Like Jurgen Proshnow is in a movie, and the movie sucks. How does how does that feel? I mean, that's that's just bad. And then John Hurt, of course, and Olivia Thirlby. Remember Olivia oh, Thirlby from Juno and Dread. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Dread. I mean, okay, Jonathan Rhys Myers is is really trying. He's not quite got the range to make this kind of a role interesting or gritty in any way that you would hope he does. Um, it, the accent is just comical the entire way through. Uh, you don't care about a single one of the characters. You don't care about the mission. I mean, it's literally so forgettable. I have forgotten it twice. <laughs> Consider that. It's pretty bad. But there's forgettable, and then there's forgettable twice. That would be a better title for it as well. <laughs> Reforgettable. Reforgettable. <laughs> so, no. I mean, written and directed by uh, by, by Daniel Burke, and it, it just feels very... Do you remember from Paris with Love? You remember that one? Of Work, course. Working at Paris, baby. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, with, with the grenade. With JT. The, yeah. With JT, yeah. Um, right. Imagine if you were the cast and crew of, of From Paris with Love and then just decided straight after you made that to just go and make Atomic Blonde instead. This is kind of what you'd result in. Right. This, this is kind of what that feels like. The really sapped, soulless, mockbuster take on, <laughs> uh, on Atomic Blonde. Uh, I can't in good conscience recommend it. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> what's what's the next film and the last film? The next film and the last film um, is uh, the apparition. Can we just get through a couple pieces of film news and we'll go out to the apparition? Yeah, what have you got? Um, they're making that Roger Ailes movie. They are. Uh, Margot Robbie and Nicole Kidman are going to be in it. That's cool. Are they? Are they both playing Roger Ailes? Just <laughs> like panto horse style. <laughs> I feel like if you get anyone except Richard Dreyfuss to play Roger Ailes, well, he, he did a pretty good uh, Bernie Madoff. He did. He's just, he's just yeah. getting bigger and bigger. And bold and bolder. So, uh, um, apparently, Margot Robbie will be playing a fictional character, not based on a real person. Uh, Charlie's Theron is Megan Kelly. And Nicole oh, that's good. It is. I know. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman is Fox News anchor Gretchen Carlson. I didn't realize as well. Now, as a title, it is fair and balanced. I like that title. That's quite cool. Did you hear, by the way, Brent Spiner has joined the cast of Supergirl for the next season? No, I did not. He's going to play the vice president. Bear in mind, of course, the president is Linda Carter. Linda Carter. So, yeah. Um, Blumhouse are rebooting Fantasy Island as a film. uh, Christopher Christopher Lee was... uh, Oh, yeah. 
Was it with, well? It was in Fancy Island, wasn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, of course he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, 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 not Christopher Lee. Uh, uh, Ricardo Montalban. Oh, sorry, yeah, yes, sorry. yeah, of course. Sorry, no, my fault. Sorry, what, you know what? You just you just said that because I was looking at a headline here that said The Hobbit, and I think, when yeah, you said that, yeah. I just gone, yes, it's Christopher Lee. Sorry, <laughs> my bad, my bad, because he yeah. is an Hobbit, isn't he? Hmm. Uh, let's see what else there is. Uh, Antoine Fuqua wants Denzel to appear in his new Scarface movie. Well, that makes sense. Yep. Mark Moran in talks for that uh, Todd Phillips Joker movie. I'm sorry, Mark Moran. Mark Maron. Mark 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 Maron. Mark Maron. Mark Maron. I, Mark I forget. Mark Maron. I never. I never have to say his name out loud. I know, how often do I have to say his name out loud? He's literally never happened. Mark Maron, right? Mark Maron. Mark Maron. Okay. Mark, Mark, Mark Maron. Yeah. So here's the part I love, though. Here's the part I love, though. Have you heard who he's going to play in this? Uh... I have, and I, and I love it. Did we even talk about who else is going to be in that film? Oh no, we did not actually. Yes, please. Let's talk about that. Who's who else is going to be in the Joker movie? Let's let's backtrack it. So Zazie Beetz is going to be in it. As, that which I knew as, as a mum of some description. I don't know. That's that's what I've heard. Um. Robert De Niro is going to be in it. Yes, apparently. We've obviously just spoken about Mark Maron. There's, there's another stand-up podcaster. I forgot the dude's name. Oh, oh no, no, I can't remember. I forgot his name. But um, have you have you heard who else is supposedly in it? And I think this is maybe my favourite piece of news. Is it Frances McDormand? Yeah. Yes, I did because it was a rumour that she shot down. They turned out to be true. Yeah. But uh, yes, it's incredible, isn't it? It's a really good bit of casting. This has got to be a hell of a script. It must be, because it's too ridiculous otherwise to get this level of talent, surely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mark Maron is literally going to be playing yeah. what seems to be basically his glow character. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, he's, he's going to be... Um, Comedy club... Uh, Booker. Booker, yeah. Yeah, or um, like a talent Booker scout, because Robert Neal's character is going to be a chat show host. Oh, is that actually his role? Yeah, that's going to be his role, and he has like people... Yeah, you know, it's like stand-ups and uh, that, that kind of thing. It's it's really funny. I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast about mm. a couple of weeks ago, and recently he had on Paul Rudd, and he's had Josh Brolin on, and he's been talking about superhero films. He's been doing a lot more mainstream guests uh, this last year, I think. Well, he's like fringe comics, isn't he? No, but no, he still has fringe comic stuff. But he's yeah. he's always kind of had these mainstream guests. Mm. He's just getting more of them, I guess. But um, he he had to. Do like a PSA essentially, just saying I'm not I'm not always bad mouth in superhero films. I just don't I don't get on with they're not for me. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know. But it, now it's interesting that he's going to be in a Joker film. I think to be honest, from his perspective, though, you know, knowing sort of his his public personality, as it were, uh, Todd Phillips would seem like a natural uh, sort of fit for him, wouldn't it? I think that's got to be more really? because of it would. If you look at the mentality of things like uh, old school and war dogs and that you know that 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 really dark edge that Todd Phillips can have sometimes. I guess I, f- I feel like Marin's really signed up because of De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix, isn't it? Well, there's that, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, why wouldn't you want to work with? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, in theory, why wouldn't you want to work yeah. with De Niro? Oh, I mean, if if I get to hear Robert De Niro <laughs> on uh, WTF, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about the last film of the week then. Which is called The Apparition. Right. Uh, or to give it by its original French title, L'Apparition. <laughs> L'Apparition. Right. L'Apparition? Mm. L-apostrophe. How do you pronounce it? I never forget how you pronounce that. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so uh, this it comes to us. Uh, this comes to us uh, from director uh, Javier uh, Giannoli. It stars, I believe it's Vincent Linden. Uh, Vincent Linden, sorry. Uh, Vincent Linden, he is a journalist who has suffered an injury in the field and he's waiting to go back to work. He is hired by the Vatican to go and lead an investigation into a young girl who's claiming that the visions she's having are actually visits by the Virgin Mary. Um, this is a, actually a really intriguing little supernatural drama. It has the feel of... Remember those rare times when they did X-Files episodes where they, they weren't about something paranormal? No, they, Happier they, times. They did like yeah. one or two every season. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, all the faith healing episodes and things like that. This is very much sort of skewed towards one of those. Um, imagine that movie, The Case for Christ, that I reviewed like last year. Imagine that, but good. Um, <laughs> you know, version of that that isn't patronising and doesn't suck. Um, I thought the performance by uh, Lyndon, I thought, was absolutely terrific. Um, Galatea Belushi as Anna, I think, really, uh, really solid turn. Also, I just love that there is really someone in the world named Galatea. Because that's... There's someone in the world called Bumble Ward. It's back there now, is yeah. true, yes, yeah. that's true. Bumble Ward is, is a real person and is 
Tim Burton's publicist? Yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that story. And funny, after Teen Titans Go as well, in, yeah. in a strange way. Um, but yeah, great performances from Vincent Lindon and Gartea Belugi. Uh, really tight direction, very atmospheric. I thought the performances were great. I, again, though, and it, it's annoying that I've been able to say this about two films this week when they've been as well made as this. It's really overlong. This is two hours and 24 minutes long. You could pack this into a 95 or 100 minute long film so easily. Yeah. It is more than a half an hour too long. Like too much. It's like 45 minutes too long. Although, good performances. It did keep me guessing as to quite what it was trying to do. Uh, yes, I quite enjoyed it. So, there you go. <laughs> Just think that bit that, that wrapped up really quickly. Yeah, well, things wrapped up in a neat little package now, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I just I just wish it was uh, a bit shorter. I'd have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more if it were. Yeah. Um, have you heard the Topher Grace story, by the way? Um, so, no. So it's been revealed this week. I know it's really noisy outside today, but uh, I have no idea. Uh, so it turns out that his or his hobby. He's editing. He likes to edit movies. Oh, what a nerd. Yeah. He has edited all three Hobbits into a single movie. Toe for Grace. Toe for Grace. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm done, man. Yeah. Toe for Grace, it turns out, has done the one thing Peter Jackson couldn't do. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but Peter Jackson edits all that 70s show into one. <laughs> yeah. Peter Jackson will just, he'll, he'll put all the deleted footage back into that 70s yeah. show. He will make that last six years. Or will make that 80s show watchable. Oh, good lord. Uh, on which note, let's have something really watchable. Here it is, your moment of cage. I'm going to get a hot fudge sundae. Good call, baby doll. 